This speech is my recital. I think it's very vital to rock around. That's right on top of it. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the Orlando Soccer Show as we come off a weekend draw, almost, a, I guess, kind of the Inspector Brad special. And speaking of Inspector Brad, Brad Newton is joining us today oh, yeah. for the first time in uh, Since Saturday. Yeah, yeah it's officially on a show for the first time in a while. How's that? Sure. Let's go with that. Yeah. Let's, let's go with that. Gavin Eubank is also here. I am Austin David. Uh Hello. And and if you didn't know already, we're the Orlando Soccer Show. So today we're going to be talking about whatever we thought about after the Orlando Cincy game that we didn't actually share in the post-game show, plus some news about the Pride and the Central Florida Crusaders, and then the usual end-of-show stuff. So it'll be a pretty straightforward show here today. And without further ado, gentlemen, the Inspector Brad special of nil-nil, everyone goes home mad with Orlando and Cincinnati. I know you guys talked about it in the post-game show, but Gavin, you did a rewatch of the game. What what did you notice that maybe you didn't talk about during the post-game show? You know, things obviously weren't... I mean, we talked about how bad everything was offensively, and, you know, the team hasn't scored a goal, or they've scored one goal, they haven't scored from open play, their XG is awful, they're not getting shots off. Um, doom and gloom still. But, I mean, when you look around the field, there's still plenty of positives to take away. I mean, you know, you've got Dagger Danther Halson having a good game. He's out there running around. I mean, really, everywhere on the field. Um, I mean, defensively, really, is kind of where my focus went for Orlando after this. You know, you've got Abdi Salim stepping into that center back role in place of Robin Jansen next to Rodrigo Schlegel. And uh, not the best performance. I'll say this. It's very clear that this is his first game since stepping out of college. His first professional real game since stepping out of college. Um, but, I mean, defensively, the Lions, you know, they did they did obviously what they had to do, and they, they do it very well. Um, but, I mean, overall, the game the game's not as bad as what everyone seems. Orlando is trying things. They're just not executing very well, and that's pretty much the gist of it. It's almost like it's preseason still. Yeah. I think the big thing is that you kind of also have to take into consideration if you want to get real with it, Orlando's probably not had one consistent lineup to date this year. When you think about the jumbling of preseason. It's two games. No, no. I mean, from sort of preseason, you know, you have these guys, they're playing these scrimmages and they're trying out different things, different formations, different lineups every game. You get to game one and you have your starters and then you get to game two and you have only five players that started the last game that are starting. So like... In terms of, you know, last week we talked about the, um, the just the, the overall efficiency and everybody working on the same page, and you can see a lot of lack of communication and breakdowns. It's hard for that to be solved when there's been no consistency. Like these, it's not, it hasn't been the same 11 guys playing sucked together for the last eight weeks. And, you know, they're still trying to figure this all out as we speak. Right. And, and the biggest issue is the fact that, you can't really afford to have the same lineup in -hmm. multiple weeks because of how many games are coming up this week. Right. Five games in 15 days. uh, Like that's right. Not just this week. 
right the next yeah two but weeks. again it's just one of those things where it's like it's such a wild thing to start thinking about almost didn't realize it until i was hearing it on the broadcast that you know just how many games are going to be playing in such a short period of time and not only that but it's you're here in orlando then you're going to monterey then you're coming back to then you're going to dc then you're coming back to orlando and then you go um well you're at home against charlotte so i mean you're still that's a lot of flying around a lot of in and out of the country like all of that in the span of just two weeks it's it's definitely not going to be easy, especially at this point in the season when they're obviously not really close to full match fitness yet. Yeah, I think the toughest turnaround for them is going to be that second leg against Tigres. Um, mm-hmm. You know, going to Monterey, going to DC, and then coming back home only on three days, three ish days rest. Like, that's that match has the potential to be not great. Um, Charlotte is sort of a question mark at this point in the season still. Um, they got destroyed by St. Louis. Um, and St. Louis is, again, like, it's not great when your manager comes out and says, like, yeah, we're, you know, we're going to just put a team out there. And that's about as best we can hope for. But I think, I think that, that, Second leg against Tigres is going to be a real tough matchup for them. This first, not to say this first one isn't going to be tough because it's Tigres. They're the best team in Mexico. So, I don't know. It's it's going to be tough. Yeah, I mean, your Tigres, the 2022 CONCACAF League, you know, Champions League uh, winners. So, I mean, they've, they've been here. They've done that in this tournament. And now you've got Orlando, who it's their first kind of you know they're obviously their first time on this stage and it's not the easiest to draw as i think most people have tigres making it to at least the final which obviously means that orlando is not getting out of this round so we'll see again if if they can somehow get a result in mexico another nil nil draw perhaps Mm -hmm. anything can happen in orlando And, and again it's it's despite how the form has been early on in the season that doesn't necessarily mean that it's it's going to be exactly what you expect in Mexico. Mm-hmm. And that's the fun of it is like this this could go multiple ways and it could just get really, really crazy. I mean, here's the thing. Tigres present uh, an interesting problem to Orlando City because they've given up the fewest goals in Liga and MXs. Mm. Not to say that they've scored the most. Um, but they've definitely, I mean, which is not the case. They've only scored 16 goals. I mean, in 10 games, they have a goal differential of 10. Um, so it's not quite like looking in a mirror when you're talking about Tigres and Orlando city, where you're seeing like a a couple, like one nil, 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 you know, there's their, their form is, they don't look like they've been doing a whole lot offensively, but they also have like some four two, you know, four one, three nil wins peppered in there to go along with, you know, one one draws and two one losses. So And again, Orlando City, guys, uh two straight shutouts to start the season. Mm-hmm. Like sure, their their offense has been struggling a little bit, but uh defensively with Pedro Galese in the back, they've been solid. Haven't but I been feel like, like that's, spectacular. But, but, but that's been their story the last, you know, couple of years. You know, 
ever since uh, Oscar's taken over is that you know they they do have you can't you can't blame a whole lot on their defensive play. Um, mm-hmm. And that's sort of been the script for Orlando City is that they'll have a solid defense and it kind of all just falls apart once it gets to the front. Um, it's it's like that like it's like that meme where there's like the back half of a horse is like drawn by an artist and then the front half is like a child's drawing of a horse. <laughs> yeah. Like that's yeah. kind of been Orlando City. Yeah, I mean, and, you know, it's gotten them this far, I guess you could say. And you could also probably say that they now have maybe more talent than they've had in the past to work with in terms of attacks. So, I mean, it's one of those things I'm, I'm trying to give it time, you know, to see, see where we are, at, you know, at this point in April, if things are looking better by then, you know, and kind of go from there. But, yeah, I mean... Like you said, it's it's definitely been a staple of Orlando City's teams over the last few years. I mean, under Oscar Pereja, they have their defensive system and everybody in the team, no matter whether they've been here for two weeks or, you know, two years, they seem to know what they need to be doing um, and when to do it. And, you know, everyone is working together on the same page. Offensively, it's definitely been a different story. I, I would say Daryl DK is the outlier, though. Mm-hmm. I think that his time with Orlando showed just what they could have done with Daryl DK, Nani, Chris Mueller hitting on all cylinders. That 2020 year was like Mm -hmm. Orlando's best offensive year under Oscar because of the talent that they had in that attack. And not to say that Facundo hasn't been like, you know, amazing because he has been, but it's, it was his first year last year and he was still almost in double digit goals and assists. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, and you see moments too, especially from this game, looking back as, the loudest muffler in the world goes by um you see moments in the attack where he's also it, it kind of looks like he feels like he has to take it on himself um there's a moment i think it was in the first half or in the second half he's running at the ball he's running at goal and he's got um i want to say it was michael holiday running on his left like wide open but he still takes on two or three defenders and tries to make a shot happen but you know it gets blocked and it's a turnover and you know ball goes the other way but yeah, I mean, he definitely he he needs the pieces around him to start working to be able to you know kind of reach that full potential. Right, and and the, again, the idea is last year you had Facundo and Urshan as your top scorers, and then a smattering of other people. This year, you've brought in Martin Ojeda, you have Gaston Gonzalez, you have hopefully a a regenerated, better, uh, more understanding uh, for players like Urshan and Facundo that's built to help Uh, it's only two games into the season so it's hard to judge how this will turn out but on paper i mean we said this before the season on paper this team is good it's just going to take time for them to to figure things out and Mm. unfortunately for them the time to figure things out uh they don't necessarily have because of that champions league game against tigres on uh, today being tuesday so it's just one of those things that you have to you have to just continue trying to figure things out on the fly rather than taking your time and being pragmatic about it. And also, it is worth mentioning that Antonio Carlos is still out and not having him does affect the way that this team plays from back to front. But I feel like that's that's more of a an indictment on MLS and how they they structure their season out. I feel every MLS team is sort of figuring things out 
who participate in CONCACAF Champions League. And that's why historically such an emphasis hasn't really been placed on Champions League with MLS is because we run into this exact situation where it's either still preseason or teams are only just now getting into league play. So there just hasn't been a whole lot of time to really sort of see what these guys look like and no one's really in form yet. And on that, the opposite side of that coin, Liga and Mekis, they're in the middle of their season already. So it's it's kind of, you know, you, you want them to do well, but you also, I guess, just don't really have a whole lot of expectations for it, really, just because it kind of is what it is at this point. Just look at the Seattle Sounders last year. You know, they, they, they had the same problem, and yet uh, they kind of had a favorable matchup in, in a lot of their, their games and managed to win the tournament the whole thing and they they went on to uh lose the first round of the club world cup but that's that's beside the point the point is that they did it uh, despite all the challenges and it, it went to show that it, there is a team there are teams like it is doable so the opportunity is there the difference between say orlando and and seattle is that seattle was and is i guess uh, a lot of guys that have played together for a long period of time and they have proven consistency mm-hmm. whereas orlando they've just brought in a whole bunch of new players essentially you know i still consider gaston gonzalez a new player yeah he's he's absolutely a new player that and and that that is to your point is that you know uh seattle had guys who played together for a long time uh, orlando almost never has that um even their their entire existence in the league, they've they've undergone some sort of major talent overhaul. It feels like every three years or so is about where we're at with that. So it it just they keep churning in new guys, and that's not a bad thing. It's just the only thing it does is it prevents guys from really sort of building that rapport with one another. So honestly, that's that's one of the things I'm looking forward to this year. Is sort of seeing how uh, Ojeda and Facundo Torres sort of get in form with one another and really sort of build that attacking partnership. I I, I don't know. I still don't know how much longer Kara uh, is for Orlando City. Uh, probably heading into that summer transfer window. If he's gone, I, I probably wouldn't be too surprised. So to sort of see uh, Ojeda play in like more of a false nine might be something that they might end up doing uh, i don't know about that that that's a bit of a stretch i feel like that y- yes it's a possibility but you don't have ramiro enrique duncan mcguire and jack lynn f- just to sit on the bench yeah, like, i mean I, if feel, they... I feel like they they want to have ojeda in a playmaking capacity not necessarily a goal scoring capacity they want him to score goals but he's in the 10 spot for a reason not playing as a false nine yeah, I mean, Orlando plays a system that needs a true nine um, in there. And it's not that I don't, you know, and obviously we've had the discussion plenty, you know. Carr may or may not be the guy. He doesn't, you know, f- he's de- his his player profile is definitely significantly different than the rest of those guys. I mean, you see the difference between when he's on the field versus when uh, Ivan Angulo or uh, Ramiro Enrique are playing those positions. He is playing that position. But, uh, but no, Orlando definitely they. They play and they need that true nine in there. Um, it's just you know they they have to find figure out who that guy is for that spot. 
Well, I think the the bigger thing is Orlando City needs to figure out what their strategy is going forward because in that Cincinnati match they were trying everything they could through the middle and I and I again I recognize that it's not really representative of who Orlando City were in that Cincinnati match but they they looked like they wanted to send everything through the middle and that just absolutely was not working out so if they they want to have a system with a with a ten and a, an actual striker like moving things around then they're gonna have to figure out. You know what does does it involve? Does it does it mean getting Torres and and involved more on the wing, or does it do they keep trying to send things through the middle? Like that's that's honestly one of the things I think they need to figure out going forward. It's definitely interesting too because you know as much as we kind of ragged on on Huan, one of the things that he did well for Orlando was his speed alone created far more opportunities for Orlando down the side that you don't necessarily see from like Mikey Holiday and and Michael is he's playing well um but you know he obviously doesn't have the same ability to cover that much ground and bust through a defense like Huan had down the side um but I mean against Cincinnati you know you saw Gaston Gonzalez doing quite a few you know he was making good runs he was making good plays out there so at least on the left side you could say they've they've got potential um, and Gaston, you know, moving forward, and then definitely on the right, you know, if if Michael Holiday and Fagundo can figure out a way, you know, or Vasquez can figure out a way to get those guys breaking through more opportunities, they certainly have uh, better options out on the wing. Yeah, and I think that's that's going to be t- time, right? Yeah. Fagundo and and Mikey are, are, you know, they've practiced together, sure, but playing in a game together is different entirely. Like mm-hmm. just the way things happen, the way the game flows the understanding between the two it's going to take time for that to happen and and mikey I, you know coaches have raved about him since he first signed they like his talent they they really feel like he has a good upside for this team and you can see the flashes of speed that he has and and he's gotten into some really dangerous goal scoring opportunities um and he's he's a better crosser than Huan was and i think that give him some time the best the best learning experience is experience right and having him out there getting these reps in is only going to be able to help him further down the road into the meat of the season yeah i mean you know we were talking about it in the chat the other day i mean he's been he's been with the team for almost four years now but at the same time he's also only 20 years old so he's still very young and you know you can tell that he's still getting his feet under him but at the same time you know for a guy in his position he does seem to be farther ahead than you know most people sometimes give him credit for um so that i mean which is you know partly why i chose him to be my breakout player of the year because i think he's he's definitely in a prime spot to get it and it's his position to grow into um Mm -hmm. so well you know like you said plenty of time to go and obviously we're two games down out of 45 games that they'll play this year so there's plenty of opportunity for him to get two three thousand minutes under his belt I will so, say that I, the one thing that sort of, you know, um, raised an eyebrow for me during that Cincinnati match again, it seemed like Cincinnati could do whatever they want along uh, Orlando's left side. I, I don't think Dagertan and Kyle Smith really <clears throat> defended all that well in that match. Um, they, there's just a lot of it felt like there's just a lot of opportunities that Erla, uh, Cincinnati was able to generate on that side over there. Yeah, yeah and again, it's it's a byproduct of kind of the the just the turnover formation 
Well, it's yeah. I mean, just having the different formation, the different personnel. Kyle Smith obviously is not a, a natural left-footed player. He was kind of playing in that three-back formation as like a third center back with Dagger Dan as like a midfielder dropping back into the the four-back, like a five-back almost. And it was uh, again, you know, Dagger Dan was brought in as a kind of a plug-and-play kind of guy who could play basically anywhere, but cool. doesn't necessarily mean that he's he's you know less confident or more confident in different positions. It's kind of just the way the game flows for him and uh how how things play out so again it's just a byproduct of all of that i wouldn't necessarily put too much thought into yeah uh what this one game about how and, how these guys play and that was sort of that was sort of our conclusion watching that game as we ultimately decided it wasn't an inspector brad special just because <laughs> ultimately uh, when you saw the lineup being put out there, you knew, like Orlando pretty much was telling you, "Hey, look, we're we're just trying to get through this match. Um, we just we just want to play ninety minutes of soccer, get through this, and then play again in three days. Like that's that's all we got. That's all we're giving you guys. <laughs> so if we can make it, if we can all just sort of get through this together, then uh, we got another game that." Who knows what this is going to look like, and and ultimately they did. So I don't think anyone should have really walked away too disappointed from that match. Um, if uh, you aren't an FC Cincinnati player, because it felt like they could have won two 0 pretty easily. Yeah, and shout out Pedro Galese for coming up big with some big saves. Yeah, and uh, uh, Costa for forgetting how to shoot at the top of the box. That was huge. <laughs> yeah, he missed a, he missed a couple good opportunities, didn't he? He had the ball at the top of the box. It was like unmarked, and it was like he just kind of forgot what he was doing. It looks like he was buffering for a second. <laughs> it's like the uh, the dial-up system from AOL just kind of hit him. Yeah. Someone, uh. someone found one of those Buffalo Wild Wings remotes and just hit pause. <laughs> uh, all right. Enough about Cincinnati because we talked about that in the postgame show and 20 minutes now here. Let's change gears here and look forward to the Champions League game and take a, a harder look at this uh, this game against Tigres because, as we mentioned, it's going to be tough. Yeah, they're pretty good. Yeah. I think, I think uh, the highest spending team in CONCACAF, I believe, one of well, I mean, Orlando City is also one of the top spending teams in CONCACAF, too. Just I mean, this say. year, but, like, consistently. Like oh, yeah, yeah, consistently, yeah. yes. Let's, they let's, do. Let's not forget who Tigres are for a second. <laughs> they are who we thought they were. Yeah. They're, but, um... But don't, don't let Orlando City let them off the hook. Mm-hmm. How'd that uh, Bears team do, by the way? <laughs> want to talk about it hey talking about uh tigres their last match they won one nothing against i believe it's a nikasa i think in terms of their their lineups Nikaka? like their what nikaka nikaka is that yeah. how you pronounce it i think so no well butchering that one anywho <laughs> they won one nothing currently in liga Emekis, they are second behind monterey they're only 10 games into their uh season right now the the clausura season they finished fifth in the uh apertura season so you know not not like world beaters as of right now but they're definitely very good nikaxa uh, i think that's how i think it's nikaxa 
whatever it is. They won against them one nothing. They were outshot seventeen to nine. Listen, they 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 play a very similar system that Orlando City does. Two defensive midfielders, three in the middle, and then their their number nine up top. Um, yeah, a four two three one. Yeah. They don't have one of their best all time players well, in Gignac. Well, yeah, because he's he's old, so right. But I'm just saying, like you know, Gignac used to be like the guy, the one that everyone knew. You know, now they've they've got guys like uh, Nicolas Ibanez, uh, who's their number nine now up top. Uh, I believe they have uh, Luis Quinones, who's just really rapid down the wing. Cordova, Sebastian Cordova, who's playing in the middle. He's very solid. Plays for the Mexican national team. Not often, but he does. Definitely one player to kind of watch out for in the middle of the park. So Also, Gignac is still on Tigres. He's just hurt. He played as recently as Valentine's Day. Oh, wow. Okay. They also used to have Florian Tovan from the French national team, but he's no longer there. And they also have Diego Linez from the Mexican national team. I don't know, guys. What what are you thinking here? You know, it's definitely going to be, you know, I, the the goal here is to, to get out. Like, you know, like you said, either with a, a draw, if possible, or keep the aggregate as low as possible. So if you can get out of here with a point or you concede, you don't concede more than, I don't even want to say you concede more than two goals because I don't know if Orlando can score two goals at, at the second leg. But yeah, if you don't concede against, more than two goals, yeah. Especially against Tigris, who, again, the, play a similar style, but also concede as bad as much as Orlando City do, which is to say not much. Yeah. So, I mean, you're going to see this team. I mean, you're probably going to see them bunker. You're going to see probably, you know, pretty similar to what we saw against Cincinnati is, you know, they, like we talked about in the post game, they weren't very protagonistic. They, you know, sat back. They were very methodical in how they pushed forward. There was a lot of times, especially in the second half where it was 11 men all in their own half of the field behind the ball. And, you know, just try to press them on the counter. If you look for those opportunities, you know, Orlando is from what we, you know, we expect that they're going to be playing their best choice lineup. And so there's going to be plenty of talent on the field. I mean, I'm not, I'm trying to remain optimistic. You know, I, I think realistically, I don't see a way that Orlando gets out of this. Like, I just don't, I don't see them beating Tigres across two legs. But, you know, optimistically, I want to say that they can at least keep it close, close enough to be in that second leg next week in Orlando and say, like, we're at home. We know or we hope the stadium is going to be bouncing and the, you know, the full support of the wall will be there to kind of will us to as close as we can get. But, you know, I've heard, I have heard sales has been really good for that match. Really? Well, that's good to hear. But, you know, if you get you get a, a good stadium and obviously Tuesday, well, not Wednesday, Wednesday night at eight o'clock, it's, you know. 8.15 is what it says, but, you know, who knows if that's actually closer to 8.30, but that'll be tough. That'll be tough to get a lot enough people out there. Mm. I don't I don't think, I don't think you got to worry too much about having that stadium full. Tigres travel really well, and they pack out their stadium, so um, yeah. might, might not be a friendly crowd, even in Orlando. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's fair. 
Do you guys think that that that'll have anything to do on Orlando City? I mean, they play in they have a tough environment. You know, away teams in MLS, you know, always comment on how tough that environment is. What does it do for Orlando having to go to Monterey? In you know, especially just for the first leg, like this is your debut and you're you've got to play there. Yeah, that's a, it's it's a that's a tough match. I mean, it, it, you knew as soon as you saw it that this was not this was not the ideal draw for Orlando mm-hmm. City coming into this. So, um, I guess at this point now you just kind of have to do your best. Really, that's that's all you really can do. It, I, I think it'd be a cool match for them to play in front of because the, you know it's it's a packed house of like forty thousand people, which even in MLS doesn't happen that often. I I think especially for people that are going to be getting up for that one, so it's mm-hmm. it's going to be interesting for sure. Yeah, I I think it'll be a fun experience for a lot of these guys who have never played in front of that many people, and especially like a it's going to be a hostile crowd. It's not going to be very easy. Um, you know, even the drive to the stadium, there is probably going to be some. Yeah, to give you a sort of an idea, if you don't, if you don't really know too much about Tigres and Liga MX, the the one year they got relegated in 1996, uh, the second, it was the only year that a team in the second division of Mexican soccer was able to sell out every game that they played. So, gives you an idea. Their their fans, they're they're up for it. So it's I, I I'm kind of excited because if if there's there's one team in Mexico that definitely shows out and supports their team, it's 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 them, and their team has been really good for a lot of years. So yeah, I'm a little disappointed that we have to watch this both at 10 p.m. on a Tuesday, but also on FS2, which is, like, mm-hmm. extremely low-quality broadcasting <laughs> on top of being just a Fox broadcast. So that's less exciting. Get get two games of Apple TV and you've already spoiled. Yeah, because I don't think Fox Sports 2, like, broadcasts in HD, like, at all. <laughs> yeah, there's still there's, you still need cathode ray t- tube TVs to yeah. watch those on. I think I got a CRT somewhere around here that I'm... <laughs> playing a nintendo on that little, little over the air action yeah if you got yeah. one of those like plugins for a uh, game gear that was able to pick up games i think that's one of the other ways you can watch this game there you go all right predictions for this game i'm gonna say two nothing tigres brad yep same same here uh probably two nothing um if it gets it, it, with the with the distinct possibility that it gets ugly and can turn into like four, mm. that I'm I would going, yeah I'm, I mean I'm, that's I'm, definitely the worst case scenario I think for Orlando. I'm going nil nil draw. Ooh wow! Call me an optimist. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's definitely optimistic. I, you know, I I think we are all pretty much agree that we don't see Orlando scoring. It's just a matter of how much they give up. Like I said, I mean that you. I feel like best case scenario is is a one nothing, but you know, we'll see. Definitely hope I, you're I, right. I'd like to quote uh, one Dominic Dwyer, uh, who once said in training, uh, "We're very optimistic and working very hard." Yeah, how'd that year go? Uh, hmm. Moving on. <laughs> let's uh, let's move on from Orlando City and talk about the Orlando Pride. Not much to talk about, but there are some things to talk about. The biggest thing 
I guess, is they beat FSU at FSU two to one in a preseason game. Took them long enough to do it again. They did do it. Yeah, Brad. I think you said that this might this means that it might finally be their year. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, it, it doesn't happen. They don't beat Florida State very often, but uh, you know, it could be a could be a sign of things to come. I'm pretty sure the last time they beat FSU was 2017, the year they made the playoffs. Uh, I think they beat them in 2021. Did they? Okay. Um, and the less said about that year, the better. Um, so, <laughs> listen, who could who could expect exactly what happened in that? You know. Speaking of, uh, you guys want to figure out what Mark Skinner's up to today? He's winning the league, isn't he? He's winning the league. Yeah. Part, part surely because Arsenal are missing their two best players to ACL injuries and are out for the year. But, you know, that's that's beside the point. Right. Mark Mark Skinner is, is made for English women's soccer, apparently. <laughs> Not American women's soccer, though. <laughs> no. no. We just don't him, really him. appreciate that form of British art over here. That's what it him, is. Him and that goofy hat. <laughs> Listen, people started buying those hats at the stadium, okay? Yeah, what are they doing with them now? <laughs> Wearing them during the summer, I guess. It's a good, great purchases there. They are practical, okay? Right. I, I mean, they are. Anyway. I mean, you could just be a, you could just be like everyone else and buy like one of those like like straw hats too uh, yeah why not be different because i don't want to look like a, i think you should leave <laughs> sketch someone told mark that he was the only guy that they've ever seen pull that head off and that's why he stuck with it uh all right the other thing about the orlando pride besides their current uh, their continuation in their preseason is the fact that EA Sports FIFA, soon to be EA Sports FC, because they're losing the FIFA licensing, uh, is adding the NWSL into FIFA 23. But not which is big news. Uh, yeah, that that's been a uh, talking point since 2017. To be fair. Uh, By the way, where where are EA headquartered? Uh, I believe in Vancouver. Oh right. Tiburon is, Tib- but... Tiburon is here in Orlando. That's the Madden arm of EA Sports. The FIFA arm of EA Sports they, is up in Canada. They got any of that uh, stadium modeling tech at Tiburon? You know, they might. Hmm. Hmm. Anyways, um, so the the <laughs> images that they did show um, of Orlando City, even ha- or, or <laughs> the Orlando Pride, uh, did have the updated uh, Lunar Kit in them, but not spoiling their new home kit unlike what they did for gotham Mm, yep they they sure did spoil the gotham release of their new home kit didn't they yep they sure did slight oops wouldn't be the first time they did spoil the release of orlando city's kits way back in 2015 on accident and they've also like they've also oh well i guess not them 2k has spoiled nba city jerseys for a few years now too yeah. You got to think. So the official drop for the NWSL is on I believe March 15th is what I read somewhere. 
that is when all of the 12 NWSL teams will be available. The question will be is, for the pride's sake, because they're supposed to get new home jerseys this year, will the new home jerseys be in there or will the Ad Astra jerseys be in there? Because if the Ad Astra jerseys are in there, I'd, I'd still be okay. You know, if they didn't update the new jerseys, like, it is it is what it is, right? It's I fine. The the trailer upset. did show the Ad Astra in there. So, like, at right. least in the trailer, they've it's in the game, I guess. Hey, you know what they say about EA Sports. It's in the game. It's in the game. It's in the roster update that they put out every year and still sell to you for 60 bucks. <laughs> 70 now. Oh, right. Next gen. Because uh, next gen. <laughs> when was the last FIFA that I bought? I want to say it was at least two years ago. Probably FIFA 20. Yeah. Is the, the new last... one on, uh, is the new one on Game Pass yet? I'll download it. No. Although Game Pass is partnered with uh ea sports they have the um what's it called the, doesn't ea have like a yeah it's ea play they let you that's it they, oh. they give you like a 10 hour trial of each game they just yeah. put uh f f122 on game pass oh did Ooh. they oh now Ooh. i'm down with that yeah there you go nice all right so, but so, hey um big so big news for the nwsl and uh just getting them in the game also folks they got face scans like it, the the promotional images that they sent out was celia jordan listro carrie abello and um who was the other player it was kylie strom um and they're all face scanned which just is of, just absolutely great just out of curiosity does pedro glace find like pedro glace in that game <laughs> no oh, okay cool, cool cool i was i don't i'm gonna be curious to see if they actually face scanned everybody or just some people some players because the yeah, release uh, just says it has star faces that's it like it doesn't say all players have been scanned it just says that there are star well faces. i mean i guess the, the question is do you consider carrie abello a star yeah i mean that's definitely a good question she um, i mean she was a rookie last year yeah so like if she's in the game you would assume that at least the majority of the pride players are in the game yeah because you would be surprised that like Marta wasn't featured on there. <laughs> right. But, but also have, Brazil. Okay. Well, Brazil does not exist in FIFA uh, no. because they have an exclusive rights dealership with Pez oh, right. or uh, whatever is Pez is called nowadays, eFootball. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. So, which doesn't have women's teams in that. Just and so, because the Brazilian Federation has a partnership with the. Uh, the e football, the women's soccer team doesn't exist in FIFA. Don't they just so, have? But when they just have those assets from previous versions of it, when they did have, I would, yeah, team? probably. But you, I, I, they did that with like Pato back in the day, where he hadn't been in the game for like five years, and then he came back with Orlando City, and they're like, hey, we got his face already, so it's good. Yeah, it's like, why does this man look twenty-four? Because <laughs> <laughs> he's ageless, obviously. Anyways, his knees didn't certainly think so. <laughs> oh. oh, oh, that hurts. That hurts for him. Like his knees. All right. Uh, other than that, for the Orlando Pride, they still have uh, a number of preseason games left to go on their season. Their official start of the season is going to be. March 25th mm-hmm. is the official start of their regular season, but they will be 
on the road in Portland for that game, and then they'll be back in early April for their home opener. And by that point, Orlando City will have played like eight games. So, fun times. Yeah. All right. On to the final little bit before we get into our weird news and red cards. So, gentlemen, take your time to get your weird news and red cards ready and available. I'm going to go through and talk about the Central Florida Crusaders. They played uh, their home op- home games this past weekend. And the women got their first win at home over the Columbus Rapids, 6-4. to four. Winter Park High School goalkeeper Jenna Tillman made her professional debut and got the win with a number of saves. And two goals from Yvonne Hayes, two goals from Jordan Rowan, and a goal from Olivia Gonzalez and Andrea Lopez made up the six goals. It was pretty, honestly, pretty dominant possession-wise for the Crusaders. They really didn't allow Columbus to do anything. Like, sure, it was a little bit back and forth, but it never felt like the Crusaders were going to lose the game. They led the entire way through, and... Yeah, they're now 2-2 two and two on the season, and they get to go for a three-game weekend. They play on Friday night, Saturday afternoon, and Sunday evening. Two on the road, one at home. So that'll be fun. And then the men, uh, best team in the NISL. They won 12-3, their second in a row 12-goal outing. And Rafa Tobias, who is 38 years old, scored another five goals. He scored 10 in his last two games and uh, currently leads the league in goals, assists, and points. So, uh, yeah, he's he's pretty good. And um, he's got 26 points, 17 goals, and nine assists. He's averaging six and a half points per game and also has a game-winning goal to his credit. Um Outside of that, it was a, a pretty dominant performance just from the team in general. You had it was actually three two at half from the Crusaders. They were winning, and then they outscored the Columbus Rapids nine to one in the second half. And the one that they let up was with thirty seconds left in the game. Um, Tobias scored a second half hat trick after scoring two in the first. Rodolfo Lopez scored two, Victor Rada scored two, Eduardo Cruz and Rodolfo Alvarez scored one each, and that's how you get to the 12. Um, They have the same schedule as the women, two games on the road in Fayetteville on Friday night and Saturday afternoon before coming back to play host to Tampa Bay on Sunday. So that's what's going on with the Central Florida Crusaders. And now on to our final part of the show. The weird news, red cards, slash playing advantages. So, gentlemen, who's got some good weird news for this week? I can go first. Let's take a look at China. You know, oh obviously, uh, you know, China. I'm not going to get China. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to get uh, political with this one. But, you know, obviously they've been uh, you know, uh, <laughs> in the news quite a bit. Uh, this time, so China's live stream shopping scene is apparently a very big industry over there worth more than 700 billion dollars um this past year um in live streams featuring female mon female models modeling lingerie have had a history of being promptly shut down and banned as a re- result of china's law against spreading obscene material online obviously very famous for you know i like uh, china being 
not being great <laughs> online. So to work around this ban, some of these businesses have recently started hiring male models to flaunt women's lingerie. Uh, one of the first broadcasts held back in December. Um, so these, uh, these, these netizens, as this article calls them, are amused by this attempt at dodging the loophole. Quote, this guy wears it better than the girl, comments a video clip on uh, China's TikTok. Um, garnering almost 200,000 likes. So, you know, they are, uh, they're get they're getting around it. Um, uh, you know, fi- figuring out a way. It was always a good loophole. Well, I'm sure it won't take long to, before that shuts down because we didn't, you know, China is not very fond on, uh, males shedding masculinity over there, just like it's becoming increasingly popular over here in the United States. So, all right, Brad, what do you got? Toblerone. You know, oh everyone, yeah, I've heard about this. Everyone loves Toblerone, your favorite uh, chocolate that you buy when you're walking through the airport. Um, <laughs> Toblerone chocolate to cut iconic Matterhorn logo from packaging due to Swissness laws. Um, U.S. Uh, Toblerone is owned by a U.S. company, and it confirmed it was due to Swiss laws on product origins, as it's preparing to move some production to Slovakia later this year. Folks, um, this is really more an indictment about capitalism and how venture <laughs> capital companies are looking to just you know uh, squeeze every dollar they can to maximize profits really shortchanging the product in the long term here so uh really this is a, a cool move that you know ultimately snowballs into uh, vc firms buying up houses and just leaving them empty so that they can rent them out to uh you know people like you and me and so that the last vestiges of the american dream that is home ownership is eventually going to one day die because they can just outbid you for a home if you're looking to purchase it and really like the end goal is so that they these big companies own every single property they can and just living off of you being a tenant for the rest of your life so you know and the fact that they can just do this because politicians will let them uh, because they are in turn paying those politicians to lobby on their behalf um, you know, that's just a, a bigger indictment of late stage capitalism as a whole is now suddenly we have to not only not have the opportunity to buy houses, but now we're losing the Matterhorn on our total own packaging. That, that turned into a, a lot. Um, I, I'm very impressed. Uh, claps for you for, for having that, the wherewithal to have that conversation. What happened? I blacked out. <laughs> Uh, just just to clear that up, I was actually listening to something on the BBC about the Matterhorn thing. It's because they're they're moving their production to Slovenia, I think. Slovakia, yeah. Slovakia, yeah. So that's that's the reason. So it's it's, it's which one is it? Is it Luca? Is from Slovakia? Doncic. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and then Jokic is from Slovenia, right? Serbia. He's Serbia. Serbia. Yeah. 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 Anyways, um, I, I, can I don't go think I've ever had a Toblerone bar. Is it like actually that good? They're fine. So they're they're triangles. Well, yeah, I know what they are. I've just never had one. Like I don't really eat a lot of like candy bars, chocolate bars specifically. It's fine. That's yeah. all, that's that's all I can really write home. It's fine. <laughs> it's just Swiss chocolate. So yeah. Swiss um, chocolate's pretty good. But oh, now also, it also it also uh, can't in, in, say it's Swiss chocolate anymore. It has to say established in Switzerland. So yeah. Anyways, uh, my weird news for this week, I, I got a double because the first one's pretty quick. 
and the second one is also uh, a Pokemon Go player. You guys remember Pokemon Go? Remember how popular it was? Uh, it's still going, still still going strong. Um, I still play it somehow. A player was baffled as a timed research that he received demanded that he goes to Mexico. Uh, if you don't know about Pokemon Go, you get uh, these little timed research tasks that you have to complete, and it's usually like spin five Pokestops or catch this certain Pokemon five times or use a berry or whatever. Uh, no, the Pokemon Go decided uh, you have to go to Mexico to do this. And uh, it said pit, the, the timed research this player received was spin 20 Pokestops in Mexico. And, of course, this guy lives in the U.S., so it's like, yeah, good, good luck with that. Uh, the time research ended two days and 21 hours after he received the research and somebody made the comment saying you have two more days to get there. Chop, chop. The, what lives in my head regarding Pokemon Go is that famous, uh, Hillary line in 2016, uh, Pokemon go to, go to the polls. Oh boy. Yeah. Okay. And then my other weird news, uh, Malik Cunningham was drafted uh, to the USFL, the former Louisville Cardinal quarterback, um, drafted by the Birmingham Stallions. Uh, He was at the NFL Combine when he was drafted and had absolutely no idea he was picked. Um, uh, Apparently, he said, uh, quote, I have no clue about it. I'm just as shocked as you are. And uh, he said, when asked about if he was going to play, he said, no, I'm not playing in that. I'm here for the Combine to play in the NFL. So, good job, Birmingham. You you wasted your 22nd overall pick on a player who is not going to play for you. <laughs> someone someone messed up their like research or whatnot. I I, I don't yeah. quite understand that. Anyways, that's why weird news. Any playing advantages or red cards for this week, guys? Yeah, I'm playing it. I'm playing advantage uh, to Detroit style pizza. Oh, um, it's quickly become my favorite style of pizza um we just ordered soto square last night um probably one of my favorite places to get it from uh we got uh the detroit rob city which and uh the garlic cheesy bread which i can't recommend enough as well uh but the detroit rob city comes with whipped ricotta sausage pepperoni and mike's hot honey on top of it and then you also get the best like crispy four corner pizza that you can get in Orlando. So that's that's who I'm playing advantage to this week. Detroit style pizza. Okay. I'll, uh, we're also I'll not, jump off we're that. not sponsored by Soda Square, <laughs> by the way. Just no, wanted to let you no. guys know what my order preference is from them. We'll do uh I'll jump off that. I'll give a playing advantage to Detroiters. You know, I'll keep it on brand. But I'll I'll give my main uh, playing advantage to City Skylines, the the great city building uh, video game PC. It's on console as well. Um, I got really like I spent way too many hours on that way back in the day when it first came out on Xbox. Um, and they're coming out with City Skylines two. They announced today, so that is going to consume my life coming up. So I'm very excited about that. All right, fair enough. Uh, I'm going to be playing a red card to the NBA today. Ooh. Last night, Giannis Antetokounmpo uh, got a triple-double with his 10th rebound uh, with a basically a self-pass to himself off the backboard. It, for those old heads uh, from Orlando Magic's early days, Anthony Bowie did something very similar and almost got into an entire fight about it because he needed a triple-double and basically kind of gave himself a rebound and 
you know, made people upset. Anyways, uh, Giannis kind of did it a lot more subtly, just kind of threw it off the backboard, grabbed it, got his 10th rebound, and it's like on his way, you know, game over, whatever. Uh, the NBA decided today that uh, because he did not shoot with the intent to score a field goal, that does not count as a rebound and took away his triple-double. Wait, you're giving a red card to the NBA to that, or are you playing advantage to them for that? No, no, I'm, I'm actually going to give a red card. Just let them have fun. Who cares? Uh, alternatively, it's Giannis, and people would be uh, getting with torches and pitchforks if... Oh. You just heard my cat try to jump from the windowsill into the... <laughs> yeah, I, I understand what you're saying about that, Brad, with, with Giannis. Um, but listen, you know, if Anthony Boo is, is cool to do it, so should Giannis. Just, just you no. know. torches. They'd be coming out with torches and pitchforks for Joel Embiid if he tried to do that. Um, this whole season, I think, is suspect at best as far as the whole Giannis and Jokic thing because... It's the one year that Jokic, you can actually make a reasonable argument for him being MVP, whereas the last two years it was suspect at best, and he's going to be a three-time MVP winner, despite not being all that, like, this team doing shit all when it comes to the playoffs. So that's my that's my whole thing. I mean, my, my argument would be if Joel Embiid did it, then he should be allowed to do it. Like, I, I don't have a problem. It's the, the principle of it, not necessarily if Giannis did it. It's the principle of the thing. No, and Giannis is corny too, and then, you know, (laughs) I'll give uh, one more playing advantage to uh, Fernando Alonso, old 41-year-old Fernando, first podium since 2014. Ashton Martin, you know, Reliance Stroll might be holding him back this year, but uh, can't hold back Fernando. As much as Red Bull is going to run away and probably win the next, you know, all 24 races this year, 23 races. God, no. We, we got something to look forward to. I can't. I can't. If that's the reality we're living in. Yeah. What a it's time. almost like, why why even watch if you know what's going to happen, right? Um, dread, it, dread it. Run from yeah. it. Destiny arrives all the same. <laughs> LOL, Max wins. That's basically it. <laughs> he, he's just going to win everything again this year, isn't he? That's, uh, that Probably. sucks so bad. And then Ferrari. Uh, Ferrari is still Ferrari. Mm-hmm. And it took them an entire winter for Mercedes to finally admit, like, all right, this this, this car is not, not going to get any better. Yeah, this, like, car, all right, dump this, car is, this car is not it. Yeah. It was like, Did I know the, we had all of last season and preseason testing, but we finally decided this ain't it, man. Did Haas and McLaren do anything this, this past week? Oh, did McLaren do something? <laughs> they did something. You could say that. <laughs> what happened? Uh, they they were bad. They're real bad. Oh boy. There's there is a negative vibe around that whole team. Like I I just don't think you could feel anywhere else right now at the moment. How how did how did Lando do? Not good. Uh, what did, I don't think he he didn't score points right. No, he absolutely yeah. did not. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, Piastri DNF'd. And, Lando you know, might as well have DNF the way that race was yeah. going there for a while. He was not he, – he did not look like he was going to be doing anything. Um, yeah, Lando finished 17th, ultimately uh, last out of the competitors who actually finished the race. Yikes. Yeah, yeah Esteban Ocon had, like, uh, probably 
Like he, it was, he was this. He's shot. He, Esteban Ocon really sideshow bobbed himself by stepping on rake after rake after rake because every <laughs> he would get a penalty, and then it turned out that oh, your pit, your pit crew worked before you could actually. They could actually do it, so now you get another ten second penalty. And then uh, you were speeding in the pit lane, so now you got another five second penalty. And yet, some <laughs> like it was, I, it was amazing because that he. And then ultimately, I think Alpine was just like, you know what, dump it. This one's this one's garbage. It was a bad idea. Apparently, fans are calling for Lando to leave McLaren. You probably should. <laughs> and that's Pro- been your F one minute here on the Orlando Soccer Show. <laughs> you probably should. All right, uh, let's end the show here, guys. Uh, For Gavin Eubank and Brad Newton, my name's Austin David. Thanks for tuning in to another edition of the Orlando Soccer Show. We'll be back uh, probably later in the week to talk about the D.C. United game uh, and possibly a uh, a very later, much later post-game show, depending on how things go with the uh, game against the Tigres. So without further ado, thanks uh, for tuning in. We'll see you later. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.